Listener Production. US stocks tread water ahead of key inflation data. And Aussie shares are set to dip slightly as Budget Day rolls around with Treasurer Jim Chalmers set to reveal a $4 billion surplus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Tuesday, May 9. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, it's Budget Day. Or, as insomniacs like to say, Christmas. Because uh, you can tune into this soporific document being delivered by the Treasurer at 730 and you can bank at least a couple of hours sleep. Well, that's right, Tom. That's <laughs> after you have a glass of red wine to get through the experience. I'm being facetious, of course. The budget is an extremely important document. It's been uh, made out to be a, a big event, but markets can sometimes just sniff at it, can't they? Well, the last time that we saw a decent reaction from the Aussie share market from the budget release was back in 2021, where we had a lot of yes, government spending yes. and stimulus announced. Yep. That was Christmas, actually, because... Uh, Although it was the COVID pandemic lockdown period, so maybe not. It was, but in terms of all of the stimulus that was being delivered through government largesse, it was certainly something that made a significant impact on the market. And I suppose that's a good point that you make, Ryan, because now we are seeing the opposing side of that transaction. All that stimulus is being neutralised, or you need to neutralise it uh, as a government in an inflationary environment. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to be fanning the flames of inflation, working against what the Reserve Bank's trying to do, which is- Well, that's quite- right. The important thing to remember here is that we need monetary and fiscal policy working together in this environment with high inflation. So that's what the Reserve Bank is doing. They control monetary policy and governments of all stripes, uh, even down to a, a local level at some way, control spending. What we've heard so far from Treasurer Jim Chalmers is he's forecasting a surplus of around $4 billion in the 12 months through to June 2023. The reason for that, the first surplus in 15 years, is due to windfall tax revenue. So we've got the unemployment rate broadly at 50-year lows of 3.5%, so a lot of tax has been paid by more working Australians. But at the same time, we've seen elevated commodity export prices swell the government's coffers. That's right. It's so... Uh, important when we have elevated commodity prices. They do an important job of neutralising those deficits. And I suppose that is a a point worth highlighting is that in the last update in October, the government was predicting a a deficit of close to $40 billion. Uh, What a turnaround. Yes, what a turnaround. But I suppose at the same time, it makes you understand the value of forecasts which can sometimes be a bit thin. We have seen quite conservative commodity price assumptions in many of these budgets too. So that could be a factor. But importantly for the people listening, the centrepiece of the budget will be a $14.6 billion worth of measures over four years that include relief from high energy costs for households and small businesses. And the budget will also extend support payments for single parents until children Uh, 14 years old from age eight at present. From a distance, there's nothing here that is going to inflame sensitivities around interest rates, um, at least from where we stand this morning. No, and I think the important thing is the pre-release of the government's petroleum resource rent tax, which will see increased taxes on oil and gas offshore, was 
we did see a significant reaction from the market yesterday. It wasn't as bad as anticipated. It wasn't. And, and it we saw energy shares. the most improved. That's it. Up over 2%, weren't they? That's largely because oil prices have had a very strong rebound uh, over the course of the last uh, couple of days. In fact, since the early part of May, oil prices are up by about 10% off their recent lows. But then put that into context, they've fallen by about 20-odd percent since April. So pretty fluid landscape energy prices. At well, certainly are. And a lot of talk about what OPEC and Russia will do in June with supply production cuts potentially. And then at the same time, we've had some supply disruptions out of Canada over the weekend. We've seen Alberta declare a state of emergency due to wildfires. And we have seen about 2% of Canada's output shut in on the back of that. So that's provide support for oil prices overnight, which were up by over 2%. It was a strong night for commodity prices in general. In fact, uh, in the most recent session, we saw iron ore prices up by around uh, 3%. Lithium stocks uh, have been beneficiaries of the bottoming out process in uh, lithium prices. They have seen some very pronounced falls over the course of recent months. So things seem to be a turning, uh, turning a corner in that part of the forest. But in terms of what we saw last night on Wall Street, it was a bit of a dull affair, wasn't it? Uh, what stood out for me, Ryan, was that we saw long and short term US interest rates move higher again. So that's significant because uh, they moved lower on a safe haven bid over the course of the last couple of days. But um, moving back higher was actually a, a reasonably positive sign last night. Well, it was, and there was some trader optimism that the worst stresses in the US regional banking system may be over. That said, we did see the much-used KBW Regional Banking Index down by 2.8%. Shares of PacWest Bank Corp rose almost 4%, but they did surge 30% earlier in the session after the regional lender cut its quarterly dividend to boost capital. Now, that was an important development. So this might not seem like a logical or an intuitive response when a financial institution, or any institution for that matter, announces that it's going to cut its dividend and the shares actually improve in value. But when that organization has had its financial stability brought into question, then it is seen as being quite prudent to cut back on your dividend and then redirect those uh, funds that would otherwise be going to shareholders back inside the organization to launch some the repairs that are required from a financial point of view. And we also heard from the US Federal Reserve last night, Tom. So we got their quarterly senior loan officer opinion survey. So this is basically the people who fill out the loan forms. Yes. To put it in very simple terms. Exactly. The and people at the coalface. <laughs> that's right. The proportion of US banks tightening terms on commercial industrial loans for SMEs and large businesses rose from about 45% to 46% in the March quarter. The reason that's important is that suggests loan demand is showing signs of tightening. So credit tightening is a big issue in the US banking sector at the moment. And those stresses and contagion and solvency worries are feeding into that tightening, which is tightening financial conditions across the economy more broadly. Indeed. So that is an important indicator that um, higher interest rate settings and everything else that's going on is having an impact and that uh, ultimately when you see that impact on credit creation, that, that's a positive in terms of the longer term outlook for inflation. Then we had the discussion last night about the US debt ceiling. So Janet Yellen, the US Treasury Secretary, came out and said it would be an economic catastrophe 
if the debt ceiling wasn't raised. So this is the borrowing limit. And the concerns around this, of course, is whether the government will default. And of course, we also heard from Chicago Fed President Austin Goolsby. He's got an interesting surname. And he basically said that a protracted showdown over the debt ceiling would make the central bank's job more difficult to assess bank sector turmoil, but also that complicates the outlook for interest rates and inflation. It does. And I suppose all of this is grist for the mill because, uh, as we've said before, Congress eventually does what they're supposed to do and they get to an agreement in terms of raising the debt ceiling and we move on. But it is a melodrama and an uncomfortable one in the meantime. Well, it just adds to the uncertainty on share markets at the moment, Tom. So that was reflected in the mixed outcomes overnight. So in terms of what we can expect for the local share market today, as uh, the futures are telling us at this point, we'll see a small loss at the open down by around 0.1 of a percent, neither here nor there, given the fact that the market was up by around three quarters of a percent yesterday in what was a workmanlike and encouraging session, Ryan. Well, that's right, Tom. So we're expecting to give back some of those gains today. And those spy futures are fairly subdued in response to the direction from Wall Street overnight. Of course, the energy shares could be up again, the likes of Beach Energy and Korean Energy. They could have a strong session after all prices pushed higher again overnight. And as you mentioned, that iron ore price was particularly strong. It was up 3.7% to 107.40 US dollars a tonne off those November lows that we have been seeing. And, and that's really on the back of hopes that China, through its state-owned enterprises, could boost industrial demand. So there could be some stimulus there for its property and construction sector. So that could really support some of those materials companies today in particular. The gold price just keeps going higher. It's not far off that record high. It was at 20, 33.20 US dollars announced last night, up 0.4%. So those gold miners could continue to perform well. And of course, we get some earnings released today, particularly important ones. The Commonwealth Bank will release its latest update. Our boss, Matt Common, will be front and centre for that one. We can't comment on those results. And Coronado Global Resources issues earnings. So that'll be another one to look out for. And we have some consumer confidence surveys. There'll be some reaction to not only expectations around the budget tonight, but also the latest and surprising interest rate hike last week. Not yes. for us, of course, we did predict it. And the Commonwealth Bank's Household Spending Intentions Index is released as well. So a lot to look out for today, Tom. Great summation of what we can look forward to in what will be a day full of headlines. So in terms of what we've seen from the Aussie dollar, it's grinding higher. It's trading around 67.8 US cents. Worth pointing out that it's gained about a cent against the greenback over the course of recent sessions. A reflection of that rate hike last week and those improving commodity prices. So all that is left is for us to wish you a very good day. And uh, as always, uh, please tune in to this afternoon's Comsec Market Update uh, for a full rundown of what's happened from Stevie and Laura. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.